with time, like when you suppress too much, at some point it's going to explode. And I think a lot of times men end up exploding in ways that are like detrimental, uh, not to, just to themselves, but to their loved ones and kind of finding that balance um, yeah. at the end of the day. But I think one of the, the biggest reasons why men don't necessarily lean into their vulnerability because of the environments um, and social constructs we've bought into uh, throughout time. You're listening to the Art of Kings podcast show, where we are changing the world through men's development. If you're interested in embarking on the journey of self-mastery, creating generational wealth, building an empire, and becoming a monumental force of change in this world, then you are in the right place. Because we break down the arts and sciences of these very processes to help you become the king that the universe made you to be. If the sound of that gets you fired up, and please subscribe and join the Art of Kings family because we condense these topics into valuable episodes delivered to you every single Tuesday. And we need all of our brothers for the war that we are waging. Peace, family. Welcome to another episode of the Art of Kings podcast show. As always, I'm your host, San Stevens. Today, I'm joined with a very special guest, well, I will announce momentarily, but if you are not already subscribed to the podcast, pause this episode. Be sure to subscribe. We drop valuable episodes every single Tuesday. But without further ado, my guest, co-founder of The Daily Coach, writer, entrepreneur, amongst many other things, Kamadi Ramsey. Kamadi, how we doing, bro? Well, it's good, brother. It's a pleasure to be with you, man. How's your spirit today? Absolutely, bro. I'm good, man. I'm good. It's a very peaceful day for some reason. I've been... I mean, every day should be peaceful, right? But today was a very just well, definitely. calm day, very calm day. I don't know about you, but it was pouring over here recently. And then everybody kind of just like went inside and it stopped raining. Yeah. And now it's just like super mellow and just chill. And so that's that's what's up. I'm, I'm currently in Mexico City. So uh, it's rainy season, but during the day, it's usually sunny. So I'm able to get my walks in and just kind of yeah. count my blessings through it all. So very no cool. complaints at all. No yeah. complaints at all, bro. That's what's up, yo. But yeah, so we're here to talk about, this is another segment of the Power Series that we spoke about. And basically the initiative of the Power Series is to talk about what actually gives us men power. And so for this episode, we're going to be talking about the power of vulnerability. And I love to be able to have this conversation with you because we're two young leaders in you know the world right now, pushing for a lot of change a lot of change in the ways that you know not just as men that we approach things but just as people period and so our approach is very unique with this newer generation and to have a conversation with another young leader of that generation especially on the topic such as vulnerability when we can speak to other men other young men about the topic of vulnerability such a you know such a blessing and i'm really grateful to be able to sit here and have this conversation with you i think it's going to be super insightful bro no absolutely bro. i mean vulnerability has been a a key i would say tool uh, that i've discovered over the years i would say the last 10 years has just been a really deep dive in vulnerability i think that's been a lot from like my inner work uh going to therapy and kind of just turning wounds into wisdom so yeah. i'm all for just um openly talking about vulnerability um and using that as a framework in our personal lives and our leadership development 
Yeah, absolutely, bro. And it's, man, it's crazy because you, even you just saying that, I'm like, yo, I want to talk a little bit about therapy. I want to talk about the benefits, how that has served you, because even just, even just talking about therapy is not something that a lot of men openly speak about. And so we want to change that narrative, obviously. And it's funny, that's not even one of the things that I had written down, but we're definitely going to touch on that. But no, absolutely. Yep. I just want to start off with obviously talking about the power of vulnerability, obviously that's the topic of the episode. But in terms of vulnerability, man, like just the idea that you can't fully give your all or commit to something without being vulnerable in some respects. And so if we move through life scared of being vulnerable with no vulnerability, our impact is just not the same. The quality of our work is just not the same. And for you as a writer and, you know, for the daily coach, especially because I don't want to put a number to it, but you guys have a lot of, you guys have a lot of weekly readers. I'm one of them, of course. And so you're writing to a lot of people, you know, a lot of people seeing the message that you put out there every single week. And so what has that writing experience for you? How has vulnerability shaped that writing experience? How have you seen, you know, your writing develop through that personal development, through the work of vulnerability? What's the what's the difference? I think the biggest key, I think kind of context of vulnerability, I think a lot of times as we grow up and navigate this journey called life, a lot of times we're equating vulnerability to weakness. Mm-hmm. But vulnerability really ends up kind of being our superpower and our secret sauce. And for me, it wasn't until I started tapping into like my inner child that I began to kind of tap more into vulnerability and understanding like my vulnerability and storytelling allows me to really kind of humanize my lived experience, but also humanize other people's lived experience. So in my writing, in my ghost writing, in the writing for Daily Coach, I'm always trying to get in tune with that inner child, even from a leadership development standpoint for them to allow me to kind of humanize people's lived experience. So I think for a lot of us, we tend to play vulnerability to weakness, but it ultimately is our superpower uh, in our secret sauce. Yeah, not nah, for real, bro. And it's crazy because when we were speaking before, we spoke a little bit about, we, we spoke about somebody, this was off camera or whatever. We were on the phone talking about, um, I think Prince. I mentioned Prince, right? Yeah, because I was just fresh yep. off watching purple rain for the first time <laughs> and mm-hmm. i was just like i was like yo like the voter the level of vulnerability that like prince showed before he was you know big like known worldwide as prince as this person man like he was stepping out so he was breaking all kinds of boundaries doing all kinds of crazy things and nobody really knew his name and so it's like just to be at that point like that takes us like a huge level of vulnerability but if you look at the impact that it had like for somebody to be that vulnerable, the impact that he had was incredible. And it's like, there's nothing, you can't compare the impact that you have when you're vulnerable to, you know, the the minimal impact that you have when you're not. And so I just want to like add on to what you were saying, because when we talk about weakness and especially when we're talking about it in the context of for us men, right, the expectation and that we have for ourselves and that we feel others have for us and others probably do have for us is that we should have everything under control. Like as men, we want to have everything under control, you know, in all facets of life. And that's nothing to be, you know, that's, there's no, there's no problem necessarily with that, I guess, but it's more of, I think when it comes for vulnerability, we don't want to be vulnerable, vulnerable because it seems like we don't have any, like we don't have everything under control. 
And it's like, we always want to give that persona like, yeah, we do, we do. But in reality, most of the times we don't. And if that is the case and we continue to front like we do, we don't get to do the necessary work that actually does allow us to have everything under control, especially on a personal level, like our emotions under control, our, you know, healing, like healing under control, traumas under control, like those kinds of things. If we just walk through life front like we do, you know, we don't know progress yeah no i say i think i think the key with prince or any any leader or influencer or folks we idolize and look up to i think their authenticity um their ability to be comfortable in their own skin it liberates other people to then be comfortable in their own skins like this constant journey of like finding our true authentic self i think people who embrace and lean into their vulnerability cultivate a sense of authenticity for other people to kind of follow suit. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So like, I think one of the questions that stems from this is why is it, why do you feel, like I spoke on it a little bit, but why do you feel like it's so difficult for men to be vulnerable and even have conversations around vulnerability? Like, like personally, I think that we've had, we've built a culture in, you know, amongst men that is all designed around not being vulnerable. Like, that's kind of what the men's culture looks like. Like, nah, don't talk about your feelings. Nah, don't do this. Don't show any weakness. Don't, you know, like, it's all designed around not being vulnerable. And so, like, why do you think it's so, you know, difficult for, for us to be vulnerable? No, I mean, I think it comes back to everything you kind of alluded to. I mean, we've grown up in environments that tell us to be a man, right? To be strong, don't cry, don't show emotions, right? So then we begin to think everything that isn't manly or masculine is like weak, right? right. So yeah. we, we don't we, we don't give ourselves like permission to like tap into our feminine energy, right? Like you can be really masculine but still be in tune with your feminine energy and being able to show empathy, compassion, self-compassion, compassion for other people truly be able to like lean into like all of who we are instead mm -hmm. of like suppressing ourselves because with time like when you suppress too much at some point it's going to explode and I think a lot of times men end up exploding in ways that are like detrimental uh not to, just to themselves but to their loved ones and kind of finding that balance um yeah. at the end of the day but I think one of the, the biggest reasons why men don't necessarily lean into their vulnerability because of the environments um and social constructs we've bought into uh throughout time yeah yeah bro that's a fact like i told you today it was raining <laughs> mm -hmm. like one of the things that i heard growing up is that men don't carry umbrellas <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> so like yo so yo it's really that deep in the just, yeah <laughs> so i'm outside coming from my car and I don't have an umbrella in my trunk. And I'm like, oh, man, like, <laughs> so, but yeah, so there's just a lot of things that's, that is embedded in our culture. And so, like, the conversation then becomes, obviously, in the beginning of the conversation, I talked about how we're two young leaders in this world. And so how can we, how can we make uh, a, a culture around vulnerability? How can we demonstrate that there's power in vulnerability like what kind of what what kind of systems can we put in place what should the what should the the standard of dialogue be between men to make it like more acceptable you know 
No, absolutely. But I think all outer change begins with interchange. Um, yeah. So that ability to look within our own selves um, and like the key question of asking ourselves, like who, who we are at the end of the day, who do we want to become? Um, I think getting in tune with like our most genuine, authentic self in this present moment mm-hmm. and kind of unpacking that and unpacking kind of the past, un- unpacking the present, yeah. unpacking where we're trying to go in the future. It allows us to show a more um, authentically human in our lived experiences. Mm-hmm. And then that becomes a ripple effect in these conversations. So now you and I are having a conversation about vulnerability mm-hmm. and living our most authentic truth. Now that carries over to another conversation that inspires somebody else to carry over to another conversation. So at the end of the day, like the change we're trying to see in the external world has to first begin uh, in ourselves, first and foremost. Yeah. And that's, yo, that's true because. It makes it, you know, and that perfectly answers the question, because once I'm, let's say I'm doing the work and you're doing the work, that's common ground. That's something that we want to talk. Mm-hmm. We want to talk about how we're going through the process of vulnerability. But let's take it back to what you said, unpacking, you know, some of your traumas and some of the places that you need to heal. Let's just circle it back around to the therapy that you were speaking about. So is that, you know, how has therapy helped you in that process and you know what what has that been like because I haven't gone through any therapy though my personal development work has been extensive but I haven't actually sat down and had uh, any therapy sessions so like how has that been for you no absolutely Ther- therapy has been transformative bro in nature um, a little context of how I ended up discovering therapy it was more out of crisis so six weeks before I graduated from UC Berkeley in 2014, like six weeks before graduation, I contemplated suicide. So instead of actually like taking my life, I decided to go into a therapy uh, office on campus. And I remember um, in the in the entry form, they're asking me like, "Have you contemplated thoughts of suicide?" And like my ego said no, although like right. 24 right. hours before I was. So I think the the journey with therapy um, really allowed me to kind of tap into like where I was in a place of crisis, but also allowed me to tap into kind of some of the wounds I hadn't really addressed and really had suppressed over the years. Yeah. Uh, so when it, when it, when I talk about like getting in tune with our inner child, and like mm-hmm. really begin to like turn these wounds into wisdom. Like I think therapy has so much taboo around it, but it's actually a beautiful place to get to know oneself um, yeah. that I found over the years. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think it is about the therapy sessions that help you really discover things that because because from my experience, uh, and mm-hmm. again, like I said, I've never done therapy or anything, but some of the best coaches that I've had conversations with and some of the best moments of clarity that I've had internally have not come from anybody telling me anything like it's, this is stuff that we already know, but to be granted the permission to say it out loud or to like tap into a different space internally that you've never tapped into before. Sometimes all we need is the permission to do so, like, cause we're not giving ourselves the permission. So is that kind of what the, what it's doing for you? For sure. I think it's giving us the permission to be authentically human and to be vulnerable. But I think when you look at it, I mean, you spoke about coaches, right? Like, we have trainers to train our bodies, right? We have writers have editors, right? Therapists have therapists. I right. think when we start thinking about like our mental health, why do we not invest the same time and energy in taking care of our minds mm. when our minds are, end up being like the most important tool that we have? 
on a day-to-day basis, right? Because if you can't manage your mind and like your, if you can't like regulate your emotions, like you, you are going to be a loose cannon, right? I think the ability to, to nurture and to show self-compassion for oneself and really get in tune with like your feelings and emotions. I think that's a, a real big game changer in life beyond just the skills and uh, certain attributes. So mm-hmm. I think for me, therapy has been a place where I can show up and kind of be like emotionally vulnerable and emotionally naked to kind of begin to kind of put some things together mm-hmm. and to kind of connect some dots along the journey. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's so interesting because it's kind of, the same as what we were or it's very similar to what we were talking about with people like Prince and and other you know very impactful people that they give the permission you know to 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 be oneself your most authentic and you know just the the most authentic version of you and I think one of the things that I truly believe that we have to do as men just our jobs period is to grant space for truth authenticity and you know everything else in that field and i think we can do that on many different in many different ways obviously right like we we've spoke before on the podcast about finances and what like uh having your finances in order what that can grant for you and for the people around you and everything like that and we talk about the same thing with health and fitness what that can grant for you and the people around you and everything but I think it's very interesting to think about what your mental health and what your your being comfortable with being yourself completely, the kind of space that that can grant for you, the people around you and, you know, your family, like whoever, if you are just walking around like, yeah, this is me, like unapologetically, like that in itself creates a lot of space for people to then realize like, oh, it's, it's cool for me to be myself. And I think that that's really cool. And I think that that's something that we need to like focus in on growing more, you know, moving forward. No, absolutely, brother. I think every day as, as black men and black kings, um, when we walk outside, like the safe haven in our home, like there's a level of like invisible armor that we're wearing on a day-to-day basis, right? And if we don't take time to kind of begin to like unmask that armor and like take that off and just mm-hmm. like be able to sit in our enoughness, Mm-hmm. then like i said earlier like it begins to what we suppress we end up empowering so then it begins to have power over our day-to-day lives and our mm-hmm. long-term goals and aspirations so at the end of the day like every single day the society is trying to tell us who they want us to be but i mm-hmm. think the power of therapy and the power of like vulnerability is kind of leaning into and like taking more control of our narrative yeah yeah it's interesting so I want to talk about that for a minute. And I also want to talk about your experience with any sort of uh, hate or anything, not self-hate, but like hate from others. Like if you received any sort of hate from others on that journey, because I think what I think what happens and this gets spoken about a lot in this space. But like when you start to unpack and reveal your own light, the light that you are, then it shines light on obviously other people unintentionally, right? When you're just walking authentically, being yourself, having conversations, expressing yourself, you know, purely and authentically, then it sheds light on other people's darkness. And when that happens, then people get defensive. And then, you know, that could result in hate, that could result in so many other things. So one, I'm curious if you've experienced anything like that in, in your journey of like healing. 
I wouldn't say it's so much hate, but I think there's been times where I'm growing and evolving and folks in, in my environment aren't necessarily growing and evolving at the same rate. And I think one of the keys there, you can't force anybody to evolve and grow or change. Like change happens when people are ready to change and evolve. And I think a key lessons I've always carried to me, something from Don Miguel Ruiz, the four agreements, like don't take uh, things personally. And at mm. the end of the day, like we're all going through something that another person knows nothing about. So yeah. not to get so caught up in our own why is this per- person reacting a certain way and just continue to like shine our light with mm. grace, not 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 forcing our our discoveries on anybody else, but being graceful in that approach and mm. allowing everybody to evolve and change at their own uh, rate of speed. Yeah, it's interesting. First of all, that's one of my favorite books, The Four Agreements. That book yep, big time. Yo, yeah, you need to read it. It's it's, it's only like what, like a, it's under two hundred pages. For sure. It's definitely under two hundred pages, yeah. and but it's like a timeless. A lot of his Don Miguel yeah. Reed's work is just, just timeless. Um, yeah, bro. one of the best. Beyond, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but for no. Sure. For me personally, I think one of the biggest challenges that I've had, and I, you know, I'm still I'm still focusing on a lot, is balancing that gracefulness that you referred to with also the unapologetic uh aspect of things right and so it's like we we i don't know if you've ever experienced it but like growing up there were times that i didn't want to fully be you know as great as i was in a certain space because it's like you know like i'm a i'm gonna be the outlier here and nobody's going to understand nobody i'm gonna probably shame a lot of people like like there's a lot of feelings around that. So like, let me just chill out a little bit. And like, those are feelings that I know a lot of people have had like growing up, maybe even still to this day. And so just like one understanding, well, first of all, if you wanted to just add anything to that, cause I like, have you experienced something like that before? Bro, I've been, I've experienced, I've been experiencing that my entire life. Um, <laughs> I think a few, like two key points that kind of come to mind is one, going to a predominantly white uh, high school and kind of navigating that experience of being like the only black student athlete and kind of the role that you have to play really to make other people feel comfortable. And I think I remember when I was graduating or going into my senior year at Berkeley, I got an uh, internship at ESPN before I started full time with them. And I was literally having this whole like internal conversation, like how my hair should be. Cause mm-hmm. at the time I had natural kind of hair with the taper, right? And for right. me, like that wasn't professional. So I ended up cutting my hair before the summer internship just to kind of tick that box of being like black and professional, like my idea of black and professional at the time. But I think the more I've gotten comfortable like in my own skin, the more I've been engaging in like self-love, like I re- I literally will just show up in my authentic skin now, like in a hoodie and I'll still produce really good work. So I, I don't try to mask who I am. I don't try to wear clothes and try to portray something I'm not. It's like, this is who I am. This is what you get. You're going to always get like kindness and respect. I'm not going to like be someone I'm not to make you feel comfortable. And I think that's the key. A lot of times, um, in our black and brown communities, like how can how can we begin to liberate our story and give value to our story mm-hmm. and show up in who we are? Because at the end of the day, like our crowns have been bought for, we just have to wear them on a consistent basis. Uh, James Baldwin yeah. said that as a quote I'm paraphrasing, but 
at the end of the day, I think the key is like being in tune with who we are to be able to show up in our most authentic selves and our and our most authentic skin. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and that's a journey. I mean, that's a journey, bro. That doesn't I'm I'm still on that journey. That doesn't happen like yeah. overnight, but I think the self-awareness piece is crucial. Um yeah. in kind of breaking some of the those generational curses. Yeah, yeah, bro. That's yo, I love that, bro. Like Cause at the end of the day, like you do dope things, you do dope work. Like your work is unmatched. You when you in your element, like nobody could mess with you. Like it doesn't matter how you show up because it's like yo, my work like speaks for itself. Like what I bring speaks for itself. And I think that that's something that has been lost, especially in this you know day and age. I mean, we are working on 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 changing that narrative. But I think what a lot of people have done is like they're maybe not confident in their ability to, to to show up to perform and everything and so we have a lot of people who overcompensate in certain ways and i think that also goes with the whole vulnerability aspect like they're not willing to just give their complete just authentic best self like i've done some of my best work literally in some pajama pants bro like no, mm -hmm. like i've i so it's crazy when i was in i forget I was at some business conference somewhere and it was with other like younger creators and, and CEOs from all across. It was an international conference and they were all like in the kind of like 20s to early 30s range. So the younger, younger generation. And a lot of them did not come in any kinds of, you know, crazy business suits or anything like that. But the conversations and the level of work that we were doing was like the highest level bro the highest level of execution and so it all for me comes down to just that authenticity of just like being unapologetic about how great your work is how great you are and also this is what comes with it like I'm gonna be great and I don't have to wear this I don't have to do this I don't have to you know compensate I guess in any of these other ways because my work is great what I do is great and if we could just work to build the culture especially with men around that i think that we'd eliminate a lot of the unnecessary things that we have going on in this world in terms of uh some of the industries that we have that we, we've spoken about it a little bit before but i think so many unnecessary no. things eliminated if we move like that no absolutely right i think i think the key and a key part there too is like humility through it all because um the shit we have one day can be gone the next. So I think, um, I think sometimes ego can be the enemy. Like if we start, if we begin to kind of buy, it's, there's there's nothing wrong with wearing wearing our crown, having that confidence. But I think being able to move with humility, be able to kind of move with grace, um, is a key part. Kind of not in just transforming our life, but also like leaving a legacy that like stretches beyond ourselves. Because I mean. You know, sometimes like when you start kind of going against the universe, don't be getting doing too much and getting a little bit too cocky or having to eat kind of drive behavior, it becomes very detrimental very quickly. Um, yeah. Well, they can become very detrimental very quickly. So and I think if we getting back to your last one, I think if we if more folks kind of engaged in the inner work and embraced their vulnerability and got really in tune with like their truth, I think a lot of the excess shit that we buy into, like you wouldn't be buying into like yeah mm -hmm. 
um, which is which is a whole nother conversation. But yeah, I think exactly. it's, um, so I was like, I don't want to get yeah. too much to that. But no, nah, that's a, no, absolutely. Yeah, but so like, first of all, I want to ask, what does it look like? What does it look like then to move with? What does it look like to move with that grace and that humility, but also understand that you know I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna strive to be the greatest. Like, what does that look like? Yeah, I think they're more accurate. Your your second question first. I think knowing just how much, knowing that we stand on the shoulders of kings and queens, and like a lot has been sacrificed. Folks have literally died for us to be in the position that we are and to have breath. I think that responsibility when we wake up each day, you know that life is a gift, like it's precious, like it should not be wasted by any means because life is so short and fragile. It can it can be here one day and gone the next the mm. next night. So and then I think the second part to your question is just understanding like you don't we don't know everything. Um having a genuine curiosity for life, mm. being a lifelong learner, like in challenging yourself like being comfortable getting uncomfortable mm. um i think a lot of times we can we we, we, be, we can become stagnant like i, I find myself at times becoming stagnant because i'm not challenging myself in like different realms mm. and learning new things so i just think having that thirst and that curiosity to like unlearn relearn and continue to kind of unpack where we are and where we want to go in the future some keys to kind of moving forward with grace and humility yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, stepping outside of your com- stepping outside of your comfort zone forces you to be humble. Like there's no there's no other way to to put that. When you step outside, no, zone, you're you're in a brand new place. You don't know that, you know, you don't know what that looks like, what that space feels like. And so you're forced into this phase of of just being the student and uh practicing humility and on that same note growth doesn't happen inside of your comfort zone. So the experience real growth in your life, the humility has to be there. It's they're just one in the same. And so with that being said, I want to speak a little bit about, again, more on how we can build this culture. And so one thing that I really want to, I really want to touch on is when we have conversations around vulnerability with other men, with most men, I'd say, it always seems like we're attacking, right? That's how we interpret it. That's I've been there. I'm not sure if you've been there, but I've definitely been there to where if somebody were to tell me, like, tell me something that I'm like, you know, like tell me to work on something or or shed some light on something, like I would get defensive. The ego would take over. I'm like, yo, like who mm-hmm. are you tell me? Like what I have to work on. Like I'm I'm doing what I gotta do. Like you like don't worry about me. And that defensiveness kicks in. So what are some things that we need to just really understand that like let's say I come to you and I'm like, yo, like let's say I said something about the daily coach, for example. And I was like, yo, I read the last one and I gave you like a few pointers, like, yo, I think that this can happen. Like what kind of things one how can I frame my, you know, critiques or my, or my, um, you know, whatever I'm saying to you in a way that you can receive better? And what can you do as the recipient of that to, to understand that, you know, to, to not have your ego kick in and to not be so defensive when, you know, somebody goes to give you some advice that could potentially be beneficial for you? 
I think that's a great point, bro. I think two points uh, to mention. I think the key is like one of the key is like really active listening. I think a lot of times in our society, like we listen to respond and like not we don't listen to it to learn. Mm. And I think being able to like lead with love. So if you're creating spaces that folks know that you have their back, like you're not there to like tear them down, but to build them up and to like pour into them. Yeah. I think folks begin to kind of show up in spaces differently. And I think with time, like the vulnerability piece comes. Um, from my time working with a lot of Black men, both in the high school and college sector, mostly with student athletes, I tend to realize, like, it takes some time to, like, get to know folks for then their their own internal masks to start coming off. So a lot of times if I'm having a conversation with people, I really will ask, like, how are you doing? You'll, you'll hear me ask, like, how's your spirit? And sometimes mm. I even use emojis to ask people, like, how's your spirit? Mm. Because I think that question then begins to get beneath the surface, right? So most mm. time you ask people how they're doing, they're going to say, okay, I'm fine, I'm doing good, right? Yet if you begin to ask people, like, how's your spirit? Mm. Then one, it makes people think and reflect. Then if you use your emojis to kind of get into that generation, they're going to start pointing out emojis, how they're feeling. So then you get more kind of baseline data where this person's coming from, right? Yeah. So yeah. instead of them saying fine, they might say, "Oh, I'm not. I'm feeling anger, sleep, sleepy." But now, as a leader or as an educator, or as a coach, you're able to approach that conversation through a different lens instead of just kind of that baseline, superficial lens. So, mm -hmm. I think kind of wrapping that point up, I think being able to lead with love, letting people know that it's like you genuinely care and you want to pour into them, and then being able to actively listen where you're not responding, but you're really being present in that listening. So then you can really respond from a place of more um, support and encouragement and empowerment. Mm -hmm. Yo, I love that, bro. So I think what it comes down to is establishing a foundation of love. Like the foundation, yeah, foundation of love in a in genuine relationship, bro. Like relationships that aren't transactional in nature. I mean, mm -hmm. we're living in a society where relationships are super transactional. Mm -hmm. It's like, what can I get from you? What you what you can get from me, but like you can't sustain those type of relationships. And mm. if you if you really want to do the work of like transforming lives and like bettering people's livelihoods, like you have to put in that that sweat equity to really get to know somebody beyond the surface. Mm. Yeah, bro. Like, oh man, like there's so many things that I can extract from that. So again, we spoke about you know the foundation of love and the genuine interest and curiosity and really getting to understand somebody and you know the first time that we met over uh, a call and everything like I immediately was like yeah Kamadi is definitely one of them one of the ones right like who I could just have those conversations with and and we could build together and I was Absolutely, like yeah. I got that off rip and so I just I'm just trying to think I'm, I'm literally just thinking right here on the spot of what that what that was i mean i'm pretty sure i know it's, it's we can understand as two people who are doing that you know personal development and that self-healing and that that work that we can we can see somebody who's also doing that work like we can see that and we can say like hey like we're on this journey and you know like we recognize that we are brothers on this journey of building of healing of doing you know all the necessary work and so that's something that can be realized and i think I think one thing that I should share with the listeners is that there is a community for that. And I think that for me earlier, that would have been something 
really beneficial to hear because that's not something that we realize obviously growing up in a culture that is so opposed to vulnerability it's like if i do become vulnerable it's like you're either going to be like the laughing stock you're not going to get any type of respect you're not like you know what i'm saying all types of things that nobody wants to hear nobody wants but yeah. learning that there is a community like people like you and i and even further like terrence and everything who actually connected us like yep we can actually have those conversations with and it's like yo these are dope people who are building and who are executing and who are like really just killing it in their spaces like i think it's really great to to know that there's a community like that and also to know that that community is is dope like we got a lot of no literally (laughs) i I think that's yeah that's the key part like you can be, you can tap into your vulnerability and still be that dude. Like you can still be dope. Like I think if I could go back and like tell my younger self anything, it was like, I would give my younger self permission to like, well, I'll give my younger self permission to like be okay, not being okay. But Mm -hmm. also give my, but also give my younger self permission to like wear my crown unapologetically. Mm -hmm. Um, And be at peace of like not being liked. I think we buy into so much like nonsense to chat about that we have to like go and evolve through it but there's definitely a community um for the consciousness and energy that you and i have been exchanging since we first got connected um through terrence and i think the more the more these communities begin to kind of come up and the more we're able to kind of build collectively i think we'll see a, a transformative kind of wave of a positive growth and a ripple effect um, yeah. in that process yeah, absolutely. I mean, like it's we have to really embed it in the culture from this point moving forward that leading with ego is not the way. It's really not. Like honestly, it's corny. I can say that from a personal perspective. Like there was a time, you know, throughout my life where I did lead lead with ego and I got a lot of like fictitious fake praise over it and everything but it's not fun. There's no genuine connections. We're not building. I'm not, you're not experiencing any personal growth. And honestly, it just shows that you feel personally like your genuine authentic self is not enough. And that's what we have to understand. So we have to really make it clear that when you see people and when you yourself are leading with ego, what does that really, what does that really mean? Right. I think what is, I think what that what that really means, and then also questions like where is that stemming from, right? Mm. Because like our behaviors become like a manifestation of like our past experiences and things that we've seen. So I think going back to the therapy piece, I think the therapy piece allows people, or even the self work piece allows people uh, to unpack where certain behaviors are stemming from. Mm. A lot of times, their behaviors are moving us forward, or they're or they're keeping us stagnant, they're bringing us back. So. Mm. I don't think one has to go to therapy to, to cultivate a level of self-awareness, but the self-awareness piece is really key and the reflection piece is key. Like the inner work piece is key to kind of get in tune of like where certain behaviors are stemming from it on our journey. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and another thing too, is like, it's way harder to do that deep work. It's way harder. Like if we were to just live a life, ego driven and not do the self work because what we talk about is like men have to be you know strong hard aggressive all of that kind of stuff which 
you know, I feel like <laughs> I feel like to a certain extent, like I am very like I always want to do the hardest work. Like that's just me personally. I always want to do the hardest mm -hmm. work. So I quickly discovered like, yo, this self-work is really the hardest work. And so when I see people who have began that journey of self-work, it's like, yo, nothing but respect because I know how hard it is. Like I know how hard it is. And so like when we have a culture that talks so much about like, yeah, do the hard work, you know, just, just, just work, be strong and all of this. It's like, yo, that's, those are lies. Cause we not, we haven't been doing the hardest work because the hardest work is understanding yourself and going into those places that are so difficult and uncomfortable to go. And so we need to establish that that is what's harder. And we have to make it clear that like, yes, men, we should be strong. And we, you know, we're striving to become the best version of ourselves, the strongest version of ourselves. This is what it takes. So for respect as a as a man and man to man, like that's what it should look like. Like if we're talking about like holding a man in high regard, it's not going to be the the it's not going to be the man who hasn't done the personal deep work and has been avoiding the really, truly difficult work is going to be the man who's gone through the self work, the man who shows humility, who's a student who wants to learn, who's also going to show up gracefully, but who's also going to be like, nah, this is my authentic self. I'm going to be the greatest version of myself, despite whether or not that might make you uncomfortable or whatever. Like that's the person who's going to be held in high regard. And that's something that we really need to understand and make more clear with our generation and those generations to come after us. No, I totally, I totally agree, bro. I think um, a thesis I've been building for a while now, and I really how the daily coach was created is that I believe my co-founder believe like the most important relationship we'll ever have is relationship with ourselves. So being able to like lead ourselves on a daily basis, and I, I kind of wanted to unpack some of the stuff you just mentioned. I think the self work, the healing work, the self leadership work. I mean, it, it is super super hard, right? But society doesn't necessarily want us kind of tapping into that work on a consistent basis because. They want to kind of keep it in that kind of that hamster wheel of like buying into things to think for us to kind of fill up our enoughness. So at the end of the day, I think we talk Behaviors. we talk about yeah. So we yeah. talk about this concept of like grind culture and like don't sleep and like work hard. Yet a lot of that is very based on like the resume virtues, right? It's based on kind of things you put on our resume, the accolades, the titles, the money, the possessions, right? But I'm really focused on on the notions of like our eulogy virtues. And David Brooks speaks a lot about that um, in his book, like the resume virtues versus like the eulogy virtues, like how are you going to be remembered when folks are at your funeral? So that gets back to like, how are we living on a daily day basis and how we want to be remembered? And I think a lot of times how we want to be remembered begins to get tapped back into doing the inner work because then that, that allows us to show up more um, fully, more meaningful, and with a deeper purpose. Um, yeah. So, I, so yeah. I think there was, I mean, I think we both have said a lot there, but the healing work of power, bro, is uh, there's no finish line to it. I mean, it's yeah. like, I think we're constantly evolving. And just because you've gone to therapy, just because someone's read a lot of books, just because someone seems um, like smart and intellectual, like there's a lot of lifelong learning that has to take place on the journey and even if even when we when we do take a last breath like there's going to still be stuff that we don't know so mm -hmm. i think that's where like the self-compassion 
uh, comes in place and like we're just on this constant quest, bro. Yeah. Um, literally. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a fact. And I wanna <laughs> I wanna say something that's that I feel like is gonna resonate with the listeners and what I think is gonna really, if they're not convinced in terms of if they if they don't understand the power of vulnerability, like I think this will help with it. Like we've talked about all the humility and stuff. We've talked about all the healing and all of the work. Let's talk about what comes from that though. Like if you want to experience a high level of success, personal fulfillment, relationships with your spouse, with the, you want to have a wife and kids and you want to have success in your tribe, have a great strong group of brothers around you. And just, you just want to have a very fulfilling very successful life you have to be vulnerable you have to like there's 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 no way to get around it and so when we talk about the power of vulnerability you cannot grow in that direction without doing the personal work like all the great things that you see that you want to accomplish all the things that you want to have and all of that you have to get vulnerable and you have to master vulnerability essentially to even start down that journey to put to potentially acquire any of these things, the success, the 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 um the relationships, any of those things, it's all in the journey of vulnerability, which is again why we said it's a it's a lifelong journey that you're always going to be on. But if you are not on that journey, if you haven't started that journey, if you haven't accepted vulnerability, if you haven't said like this is something that I want to intentionally master, then you haven't even began that process of growing and 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 building towards gaining all the things that you want to achieve and accomplish in life like you haven't even started that journey and i think that's something that uh you know hopefully will resonate with some of the listeners no a- absolutely and i think i think vulnerability one is super liberating right i think the more we're able to like, lean into vulnerability i see it through a lens like leaning into vulnerability so how can how in this moment or today I can lean into vulnerability a little bit? So it's it's creating small steps because obviously vulnerability as a concept is, is a huge it's a it's a huge change in behavior for some right because we're not used to to tapping into our vulnerability. But like how can today I can do something to like lean into my vulnerability to put myself out there more to to be become uncomfortable with the comfortable like if we're just sitting if we're not putting ourselves in the arena on a day to day basis then we're losing opportunities to grow and we're losing opportunities to help someone else. So realizing that vulnerability is not a weakness, but it's truly like our liberating superpower and secret sauce on our journey um, is, I think, a place a lot of people just to start in that in that internal dialogue of vulnerability. Yeah, yeah, that's a fact, bro. Like I said, it's the power of vulnerability. That's the title of the episode. And it really is a power. Like once you master or once you begin to start trying to master vulnerability and once you accept it and yep. like you said, lean in to vulnerability you will realize for yourself the significant change that it will have in your life the things that you're able to accomplish just everything in in all facets of your life you will see how they significantly improve once you lean into vulnerability and so but that being said, I kind of just want to I want to finish off on something because I think that I think we've touched on most things around vulnerability and, uh, you know, the listeners definitely gave a lot of value to the to the listeners on our personal journeys. And I believe the culture that we want to start 
building around vulnerability and really being able to establish that foundation of love, grow those genuine connections and just change the direction that we are going as men. And so with all that being established, I want to talk a little bit about your, so personally for you, how has, how has your life changed in terms of what you consume, what you allow yourself to consume? And because we, we spoke about how many things would not exist if, it, if, if men didn't want to portray a certain image and, you know, all of that in, in that space. And so I know for a point in time, you were not on social media at all. I don't know if you are back on social media because we text through iMessage and everything. But mm-hmm. um, I know you weren't on social media for a point in time. And so I immediately was like, yeah, he's on that. He's on that that uh, that journey of kind of avoiding certain things, like eliminating certain things out of out of his life. And so I'm curious, like is social media, one of those only things that you were like, nah, like I need a break from this. What were some things that you've had to take a break from? What are some things that you prioritize? Like what's going on? No, absolutely, bro. So that. Uh... I'm still off, I'm still off uh, social media. Uh, for me, social media, I think there's pros and cons of social media, like any tool or any tech device. Um, for me, it's about making sure that the content I'm seeing on a daily basis is like really nurturing my soul and not not throwing off my nervous system. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in 2017, I, I adopted more of a minimalist lifestyle, and mm-hmm. that was after taking a trip to um, Thailand. And just seeing how happy people were without a lot of stuff mm. and realizing that like my enoughness and my worth is not with the stuff I put on my body, but it's like already within me. So I've, I've stopped buying clothes and shoes and a lot of materialistic stuff over the past couple of years. Like I still love fashion, but I'm not breaking a, a bank account to like wear certain stuff. Like I'm okay wearing pants and a black tee and mm. some Nike, right? Like I don't, I don't overexert things. I don't try to mask who I am in clothes anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I really just try to just show up as my authentic self. Mm-hmm. Going back to like, I don't feel like I always have to wear like business casual mm-hmm. clothes. Like I'll show up in a hoodie and still be at peace with who I am because I continue to kind of do the work on the journey, right? I'm not fully healed. I'm, I'm constantly healing, but I'm at more peace to like who I am in my own skin. So it's, it's no longer like performative. I think yeah. a lot of times growing up, especially through high school, through college, my first few years in corporate America, like life was super performative and being super performative became super exhausting. Like being super exhausting turned in, manifested into all these, all these other behaviors that weren't who I was. Mm. So I think the journey to this point about to be 32 next year, it's like, I'm at peace. I'm continuing to be at peace who I am. And I think that's the key part. Like when I look in the mirror with no clothes on, like, am I proud of the person I am? Can I love that person in the mirror? And I think some days it's harder than others, right? But I think being able to acknowledge that, uh, being able to like be at peace with that, that evolving person, you can't really be sold anything once you get to that place. And that's a constant journey. But I think the key part in these conversations, like finding that place of liberation 
where we can't be sold a narrative of who we think we need to be on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's this is segueing a little bit, but that's one of the main things that I incorporate in business, which is mm-hmm. field, obviously. And so I've always aspired to create a business empire, uh, just a conglomerate of a bunch of different companies that I've either created or bought, or whatever. That's been my that's been my objective. That's been what I one of my one of my huge life goals since as, for as long as I can remember. And so more recently, as I've been doing that discovery work and I'm like trying to figure out like why, like why is that what I always wanted to build for as long as I can remember? It's because from what I can understand right now, of course, we're still working to figure out all the reasons and everything. But I think most companies, most industries, most of the things that we consume are all designed around low frequency habits, behaviors around people who haven't done that self work and who haven't done that personal work and what they buy and what they consume and what they feed into is all around keeping them at that low level by making them feel like they can have escapes from that, right? It's not about embracing life and everything, but it's about having those windows and opportunities to escape it, whether it is through like the excessive fashion or through what they watch on their phone or on television or whatever the industry is. And so I just categorize those as like low frequency companies. Like that's what I describe them as. And so what I really want to create and build is an empire for this emerging economy and for the emerging creators and people who are doing that work. The scope of business is going to change around that because it's going to revolve around high frequency behaviors, habits, and people, things that we can consume that keep us at that high level. And that is what my work is around. What are these kind of companies that I want to create to keep people at to keep people at a high frequency and to help people who are not there yet make it more comfortable to step into that. And so that's what my work is around for the most part. And it's so interesting because I was just, and we're gonna close off in a second, but I was it's just so interesting because I was just listening to a, a, another podcast around um somebody's trip to Africa and how like liberating that was because it's like kind of similar to what you said about thailand it was just seeing how happy people were just with with without many material objects and just different things like happiness is not contingent on the things that a lot of people think it is and it's so interesting being in our position where we have access to all of these kinds of material things all this information and stuff but like choosing to live more of a minimalist lifestyle but still having the opportunity and exploring things that other people might not have the opportunity to explore and learn about. Like, for example, maybe some of the people you met in Thailand, you might have more access to certain things than they do. And same with, uh, you know, some people who might be in Africa, they might not have access to all the things that we have over here. And so I think we're in a very unique space to where we have that option to kind of fully engage in that lifestyle but we're choosing the minimalist lifestyle but we also then can still explore in things like ai and stuff like that and i i say that to say i feel like a lot of people think that it's like 
Like you live one way or you live the other way. Like you're fully immersed in all of this, like mm-hmm. as I said, like low frequency behaviors and companies and all of that stuff, or you're living the complete minimalist lifestyle. But I think what we're proving and what we're showing is that like that stuff doesn't revolve like that. That's not true. Like we could live that kind of lifestyle and really focus on our health and our well-being and our spiritual wellness and everything. And still like learn about things like AI and learn about things like business and marketing strategies and writing and whatever it is that it's not it, it, like that balance is possible. And I think that that's something really cool and unique that we're starting to build with our, you know, new generations. No, I, I mean, I think that that balance is super possible. And I think it also alludes just to like the privilege that we have, right? On a day-to-day basis to be able to, to make that decision, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that one of the beautiful, beautiful things about traveling and I think traveling abroad and getting outside our our cities and our zip codes, like you begin to see how other people live, like how they live on on a day to day basis, and you begin to kind of immerse yourself in those other cultures. You realize like there's nothing but like abundance and blessings in our individual lives. Like no matter like what we're going through on a daily basis, like you begin to see how like other people are living, and you can kind of see that in our own in the United States. I mean, I think the United States is dealing with a a homeless and houseless crisis. So when you get begin to kind of put ourselves in other people's shoes, like there's nothing but blessings and abundance. And going back to our ancestors, like that, that shouldn't be taken. Mm-hmm. That yeah. shouldn't be taken advantage. That shouldn't be taken advantage of on a day to day basis. Like that's something that we need. We should definitely be cherishing mm-hmm. um, with the time we have. But this, this journey is short, uh, no matter our longevity. Yeah, absolutely. And so on that note, first of all, have you read the abundance book? Have you read that book? Uh uh-uh, who's that who's that by? Oh man. I don't know who I'll look it up though. It's called it's called the abundance it's called the abundance book. The abundance book. Yeah. Okay. I just finished reading it, bro. I, I highly recommend it, bro. It's another one that it's shorter than the four agreements. It has to be like okay. like a hundred pages, bro. But it's like it's good. It's fire, bro. It's fire. But okay. yeah, I'm gonna send it over to you. But I wanna wrap up this episode. So I think we man, this was a very valuable episode. It gave me a lot of the space to to reflect throughout the conversation and so that being said i want to leave the listeners with uh a few places that they can reach you see some of the work obviously we'll leave the daily coach uh the newsletter so that they could subscribe to it as well so just drop everything uh let them know where they can find you let them know about the daily coach and all of that absolutely brother well i appreciate you having me man nothing but much love and respect for all you're doing i know you are you're changing the culture and uh the future is just beyond bright uh, for you individually in the lives that you're touching. And like I've always mentioned, if I can, if I can be of any support to you on your journey, um, you know where to find me. Um, folks can find me at The Daily Coach. I'm obviously writing daily um, for The Daily Coach. And that content really focuses on self-leadership, uh, mindfulness, and well-being. And then personally, you can find me at Kamadi Ramsey. I'm on Twitter. That would be the same handle on Instagram when I'm on Instagram. You can also find me on LinkedIn. And um, I'm definitely looking forward to continuing this conversation, brother. Yeah, bro. Next time we gotta we go, we'll make it happen in the in the new location. I haven't spoken about it on the podcast at all, but you no, said it before. Absolutely, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. But we'll make it happen there. So with that being said, man, that concludes another incredible episode of the podcast. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Much love. Peace, Art of Kings family. Thank you for listening to today's episode. 
As a listener of the Art of Kings podcast show, we ask that you do three things to help us further our mission and reach as many men as possible. First, if you feel it is appropriate, please leave us a five-star review as it would greatly help with our ratings and help to get the podcast out to more people. Second, if you don't already, please follow us on Instagram at underscore Art of Kings underscore. That is the official community for the Art of Kings podcast show, where you can interact with other listeners of the podcast and receive special updates about future guests as well as future episodes. Finally, please send the podcast directly to three people who you feel could benefit from our messages. The Art of Kings is a movement intended to help us men become all that we were meant to be, all that our families need us to be, and all that the universe calls us to be. If you find our episodes valuable, please send the podcast over to three people with the hopes of spreading the message and furthering the movement. With that being said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and we'll see you next week. Peace. Oh,